Hey, welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight on this Wednesday night, our first Nevada Tiger Talk program of the season. Do want to remind you, because I'm probably going to catch a lot of people off guard. Don't forget we have Missouri Tiger basketball later tonight. Missouri adding that game just a couple of weeks ago against Oregon. They're playing that in Omaha tonight. That tip off at 8 o'clock, so we'll join the Tiger Network at 7.30, so we'll not be on your Mizzou schedule, so just want to make sure you're aware of that. That'll be coming up shortly after Tiger Talk tonight. But right now, we talk uh, Tiger, Tiger basketball, but the Nevada variety with Tiger head coach Sean Gray, who uh, joined us after a successful start to the season last night and uh, convincing. Well, we'll break down that game in a minute, but uh, just as a quick synopsis or a quick review, uh, obviously a good way to start your season last night, Coach. It was, Mike, and uh, we were I mean, we were really excited and just feel very blessed to, to be able to have a season, uh, grateful that we are able to play the games, and uh, when you can start it like that, uh, it, it's fun for the guys, and uh, Hopefully it just uh, sparks a lot of good things uh, for the rest of the year. Well, we'll break that game down here in just a second, but let's go back in time here a little bit because it's been a long road to get to that uh, that season opener last night. And, uh, of course, it does uh, – may, some people may not realize it goes all the way back to summer uh, because uh, I'm sure you had, a, would li- you had a normal agenda that you would like to have had for summer. That got curtailed and, uh, and reduced. So talk about what you were able to do during the summer months uh, and leading up uh, to the, the season opener and – what kind of things you had to deal with uh, to at least get some work in uh, before the school year started? So in the spring, Mike, that's a time when our our non-spring sport athletes will typically spend a lot of time in the gym just working themselves. Uh, that did not happen. I mean, gyms were closed to everyone, basically. Um, so then as we neared summer school and as we neared the summer month, you know, June, which is our our biggest month in the summer uh, for, for team development. Uh, things started to open back up a little bit. We were able to get we were able to get in the gym for four days. Um, and we had great turnout during those four days. And uh, we, we, we really liked the, the makeup of the guys. And then we felt like we got better. And then again, we, things got shut down again at that point. Um, so uh, it was a short summer. The, the things that we were able to do were, were positive. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't get to, to then progress into seeing our group play together in some summer games. And then our we were not able to have open gyms where uh, our guys, you know, really go at each other and make each other better uh, throughout the summer months. So uh, it was different, but it was different for everyone and yeah. uh, uh, made the best of it. And then as the fall came, Mike, and, and the gyms were open back up and guys were able to get into the gym, uh, we had several guys that, that spent a lot of time in the gym on their individual time, getting some shots up. Have you had to have you had to change things in practice, uh, even here in the, uh, when you started in November? Or have you had to change things just to make sure that uh, whether it be for social distancing or uh, any of the other protocols? Uh, how, how how have those adjustments gone? So it's been it's tough and it's tough as coaches because in practice you want to you want to focus on the game of basketball, um, and in and with what we're dealing with now. You're making sure kids, when they're not in drills, when they're not actively participating, they have their masks up. Then when when maybe my group's out and another group is on, you're making sure that they're spread out and things like that. But our assistant coaches have done a great job. Coach Talley is on the ball, and, and he's really taken charge of focusing on some of those new things that we have to worry about um, so that during practice, specifically varsity practice, um, I can be focused on the task at hand, and and, and uh, you know, Coach Coach Talley and Coach Wolf are, are really really great, and they've they've been able to help with that. And kids, 
kids are great. Kids adapt, and, and our guys, while it's not ideal, and if they had the choice, they'd wish this would all go away, but they've done a good job of adjusting, and they understand when we get on them about their mask and spreading out that that's, that's in place to help them, to protect them, so that if, if uh, you know, if heaven forbid we do have a, a positive case, we can go back and say we were spread out, it was minimal close contact, and, and hopefully we can avoid something hitting the team and, and really working all the way through our ranks. You come back from a 22-win season with a, a big part of that team from last year coming back. Obviously a big loss on the inside with Dalton Gaiman graduating, a couple of other losses as well. Uh, but, uh, but you bring back a lot of good pieces, and I'm assuming that expectations are high this year. They are. This is a senior group that's played a lot of basketball together, that's had a lot of success. Uh, you know, Logan Applegate played some as a freshman, but really they're they're all three three year starters, um, and, uh, and 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 we feel like those guys can lead us to a, to a lot of good things. Uh, you add in the fact that uh, we've got some newcomers and then some guys that have developed and worked on their games that that are very good complementary pieces, and uh, it's really it, it's a group. Sometimes as a coach, you have to work really hard to get a group to play together, so to speak, and and to have some chemistry and team unity that's something that has come fairly naturally to this group and that i think is going to be a big positive for us got a nice addition to the inside as well i don't know if it's expected or not uh how, how much time you had to know that was going to happen but uh six four senior ben hines coming out for basketball this year after some time off away from the sport course he's done okay in swimming <laughs> and he'll be swimming in the sec at alabama but uh, was that a pleasant surprise did you know that was coming so in the summer we had several conversations um, about the possibility of him playing basketball. Obviously, with not knowing how COVID would affect his swimming schedule, um, and just he's in a situation where certain times in the pool and in different events can lead to other things in the future. And you just you, there, there was some unknown. Um, didn't have a didn't think that there was a high likelihood of it happening maybe knew there was a small chance that it would happen. And then, and then as as Ben's high school swim season started to come to a close and as our season start, as our practices started to get going, I think there was a lot of dialogue amongst Ben and his peers um, about, you know, can this work? We'd like for it to work. And then Ben and his parents sat down, looked at the swim schedule, um, and, and really worked hard to, to give him this opportunity because uh, he's got a good relationship with those other senior guys He's a good athlete. He enjoys the game of basketball. We're glad to have him. And like you said, he really gives us a piece that we were missing. Mm-hmm. And we saw last night his athleticism. And mm-hmm. I look for him to be a big part of our success this year. He looks like there's going to be a little give and take on both sides as well. He's going to have some things he's going to have to do to continue what he does in the pool. And it sounds like you're willing to work with him on that. Absolutely. Um, you know, if, if a guy – is going to be swimming literally miles at a time to train himself in the pool. Uh, one, he's going to be in pretty good shape as it is, and 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 there's something to be said for quote unquote basketball shape. But if it's a week where it's a heavy training week in the pool, we we've got no qualms with working with him on how taxing the conditioning and some of the things in practice are for him. On the flip side of that. He's got no qualms with just working his tail off in practice every single day, and we've seen that already. His teammates have seen that, and uh, 
uh, I think this is going to be a win-win for everybody involved. Well, obviously, a lot of focus will be on your guards uh, with with Logan and Lane McNeely, Logan Applegate. Uh, I guess the luxury you have is they uh, there can't be any junk defenses out there. That normally you would have somebody that you could throw a box in one or triangle in two, but it doesn't seem to be a possibility with trying to guard your team. We've worked on it a little bit. Uh, obviously, um, Applegate is, is is probably the guy that teams circle first and foremost, and that teams are the most familiar with. Um, we worked on it, some teams junking him a little bit. And then Logan McNeely it showed in the Jamboree and it showed at times that he can be that lead guard and, and take the lead. Mm-hmm. He showed it last night, actually, mm-hmm. that, that he's a guy that can score in double figures and, and, and get you a lot of points. But then you know, Lane McNeely would be a lot of people's best player as well. Evan Ray showed last night he's going to step up and make shots. We have other guys that can score. You had Ben to the mix, who's a very athletic scorer that you can't forget about. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think it would be very difficult uh, to choose one or two guys to focus on and let the other guys kind of have uh, have mm-hmm. a lot of freedom. I, I don't think that that is something a lot of teams want to risk. Every team needs depth. And uh, how about yours this year? He, uh, the the big three on the outside played every minute until you pulled them, obviously, with the point spread in the fourth quarter. Uh, so they got rest that way. But uh, do you have the depth that uh, you feel like you need to be successful uh, and go where you want to go? We think that we will, Mike. Um, Case Sanderson's in a boot right now after, after suffering a, an injury during football season. Um, he's a guy that figures to be right in that mix. Um, as a matter of fact, this summer uh, he repped with the first five mm-hmm. guys. So um, he's going to give us that. that Case is a, is a guy that can play inside, you know, 6'2", physical, strong kid, can also step outside and play. Um, we haven't been able to have Eli Cheney yet. Uh, he, he's been out. We look to have him back in the next, next six or seven days. Um, those two guys are guys that will be varsity-only type players who are going to give us, you know, that – that five through seven, eight spot. And then we saw last night um, Owen Swearingen and Cartman Hiley get extended minutes. So we really feel like we've got some depth now, but as we get healthier and start to get guys back, uh, depth will be a strength for us. Well, and uh, what what type of game do you want to play uh, on, a, on a given night? What's, uh, I guess what's your dream game every night uh, as far as scheme goes? You know, we feel like we can we want to, we want to play in a way that's going to make our opponent uncomfortable. Um, if you're playing a, a Grandview, a Ruskin, a Kansas City Center, they love to play fast. And while we can play fast, we also have no qualms playing slow. And then you you play some teams that, that don't have the speed and athleticism that we have, and we want to get up and down. So in a dream game, I think we get a lot of open looks for our good shooters. We get them a high volume uh, of threes. and the, But we also take advantage of the fact that while defenses are – pressuring us on the outside, we can throw it inside to Ben and, and, he, and he can make teams pay. Our transition game is going to be pretty good for us, I think. we got guys that can run the floor. We want to get out in transition. And if we get a good look early, we're not a team that's going to, that, that's going to be deliberate and, and have to pass the ball X amount of times. If those guys that can shoot it get a, get a good look, They've got the green light to let it fly. Well, and the let it fly they did, especially in the first half last night against Pleasant Hills. Nevada picks up a convincing victory last night, 68-32 to against the Pleasant Hill Roosters. And I mentioned it in the story, uh, the, the tone was set uh, in the first 15 seconds of the game when, when uh, Logan Applegate hits a 30-foot bomb uh, within the first few seconds of the game. And that just kind of – and not that the Pleasant Hill was defeated at that point, obviously, but it set the tone for the ball game. It did. And, and Logan's a guy – 
if you lined him up on the three-point line and had him shoot 10 or 20 or 100 shots, and then you moved him back uh, to the quote-unquote NBA line, I don't know that his shooting percentage would be that much different. I mean, he, he works on both, and, and he's a good shooter from, from about anywhere. Our guys know that, and uh, and you're right. It, that, that spark really did set the tone, and that – it's it's funny when one guy's got a hot shooting stroke. A lot of times you see another guy get it as well. It's a little mm-hmm. bit contagious. And that happened with Logan McNeely last night. As he ends up as your leading scorer with 18 points, had four trays, three of them in the first three of them in the first quarter. He kind of fed off of Logan there a little bit. Uh, Applegate, Logan Applegate. Uh, one of these days I'm gonna have. <laughs> different last names and different first names, but that's okay. We'll write it out. But uh, uh, but uh, anyway, he seemed to feed off of what Applegate did early, and then he got it going with those three trays in the first quarter. He did. And, and what these guys do a great job of is they know who's kind of feeling it and who's hot, and they look for them. And, and we've got a couple plays that in practice, we rotate three or four guys in as who we run those plays for because if a guy's hot, that's the guy we want to try to get to look for. Mm-hmm. And then – that's the guy that the defense is probably going to start to worry about. So if they really overplay it, now that opens other guys up. Last year, Lane McNeely really hurt. I think he may have had a 20, 18 or 20-point 20 game against Pleasant Hill last year. And we saw early in the game more of a face guard on him and and maybe some help off of Logan. And, and, and I think that's something we'll see all year. Different teams based on their past experiences or based on who they get a scouting report from or who they get film from, we've got different guys that are going to step up on different nights. And, and one night, Logan might be guarded hard. On one night, it might be Lane. Um, and and these guys are very good at adjusting and, and playing off of one another. On the defensive end, good and some a lot of good things. There was a couple of things you wanted to certainly work on. Uh, active hands last night, a lot of steals in the ballgame last night, resulting in some transition buckets. But you also picked out some things that you want to see better going forward. Our guys guarded hard on the perimeter, Mike. Uh, we're, we have a philosophy. We're big on making guys dribble the ball with their weak hand. And, and you get a team's lead player and maybe their top two players. A lot of times they're proficient with both hands. But a, a team's third, fourth, fifth player and on are going to be uncomfortable with that. We did a good job making guys use their weak hand and then communicating away from that and trying to get into some passing lanes. Um, the thing that we wanted to work on, uh, we gave up. I think five buckets in the first half uh, to number 42 inside. And, and that was for a myriad of reasons. We, that was about the only thing we talked about at halftime <laughs> was, was as far as scheme goes and X's and O's was we've got to do a better job collectively of not allowing easy touches in the paint. Um, and I think uh, he had one bucket in the second half. So uh, really pleased with the adjustments. And, and our guys talked to each other at halftime too. Ben talked about what he needed from his teammates as far as fronting in the post. And then our guys talked about uh, what they can do to help him. And, 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 and that communication was big and a uh, much better job in the second half. I want to go back to personnel a little bit. I, I, there's a question I forgot to mention or ask before we went, went into the ball game last night with the current situation. With COVID, it's out there, can't deny it, things like that. Well, some will try. But at any rate, with the COVID situation, do you have to think ahead in your personnel? Do you have to think ahead say, okay, if by chance this player is not available, then we're going to go this way? Are those things that you're thinking about ahead of time? Try not to, Mike, but I think it's in the back of your head a little bit. Um, you know, Specifically, if there's a guy on your team that plays a role that, that would really be hard to replicate – uh, what we as coaches have asked ourselves is what will we have to change as a whole? So 
for instance, if if you know Ben's a guy that that has that six three or six four frame and athleticism that can do some things that we don't have anyone else that can. So schematically on the defensive end, things change a little bit. And the positive thing is, is we worked this summer on a lot of those things that you do without that athletic inside presence. Mm -hmm. And then you flip it on the on the other side as well. A lot of the pick and rolls uh, and the and the high post and low post isolations that we want to get Ben Ben involved in. If he weren't there, that would change a little bit. The positive thing is, is in practice, we try to be very creative with our substitution patterns to where these guys practice stuff with a with a rotation or with a group of five that they might not see on a regular basis in the game. But you never know in the course of a game, foul trouble, injury, whatever, when you might be called upon to, to play the three or the four when you're accustomed to playing maybe the one or the two or the five. So... We don't focus on it a ton, Mike, but but it is something in the back of our head that uh, that we think we'll be prepared for if, if it if it does happen. Well, let's look at in our remaining time. Let's look ahead. Uh, you uh, hit the road on Friday night to take on the uh, Mount Vernon Mountaineers. They got a convincing win uh, in their opener last night against Monette of twenty point plus win last night. So looks like a good test on the road Friday night. It will be, Mike. Uh, talking to Coach Land at Monette, um, you know he he says offensively Mount Vernon's pretty tough. They they're just strong with the ball. Uh, Mason Belay is a kid that's just tough to guard. He, he's heady, smart, uh, has that uh, you know two or three year starting quarterback mm-hmm. mentality, uh, which he was for their football team, and then three year starter on the basketball floor. Can run the point, can play off the ball, can drive it inside and score around the basket. Has deep shooting range. We'll have to really make sure he doesn't kill us. I think he had twenty six or twenty eight last night against Monette, um, and then their second guard, Kai Brown. Um, has really developed from being a role player last year to being a guy that can make things happen for them as well. He had a good good game last night for him, and then they have a, a couple role players that made some threes. So uh, it will be a tough challenge for us defensively. Um, on the other side of the floor, they run a lot of zone, and that's until you go against a team that plays a lot of zone, you just don't know how your team will react. Mm-hmm. That will be a big focus for us as zone offense the next couple of days. And we've got the shooters to attack a zone um, if we're strong with the ball, use pass fakes, attack gaps, things like that. So we want to be principled against it, and then and then hopefully we can have some success on Friday. Another matchup you'll have uh, before we visit again next Wednesday will be uh, next Tuesday night at home against the Purple Dragons of Pittsburgh. There was some a while there was a question whether or not, you know, that game would happen or not, but uh, – Fortunately, Kansas did not back up their start date for uh, for uh, winter sports to mid-January, so it will be played next Tuesday. Uh, you know, and that's two games down the road for you, but uh, what do you know about the Purple Dragons at this point? They return uh, a very dynamic guard in Javon Grant, who we saw last year mm-hmm. uh, just had a huge game against us. He's lightning quick off the dribble, can make an open three. Uh, he's receiving Division II college interest at this point. Um uh, he's a handful, especially in transition uh, and how quick he can get up and down. They graduated Gavin Eckermill, one of the best players in the state of Kansas a year ago. Um, so the Grant kid will really have to carry the load offensively, but they've got really good athleticism around him. Um, so if those athletes 
are able to score the ball around him. Uh, they'll, they'll be tough to guard. And we look for them defensively to be pretty tough with all of that athleticism. Well, those will be uh, next Tuesday night. Uh, Friday night is a, a triple header with freshman JV and varsity at, uh, at uh, Mount Vernon. Next Tuesday night will be a girl-boy varsity doubleheader. The girls will be at home as well for their, uh, their home opener after playing this week in Carl Junction. So we'll look forward to that uh, next Tuesday night. I do remember all the, the tennis restrictions at this point. And uh, not only do you have to coach basketball and everything else, but now you have to be a, a ticket distributor as well <laughs> yeah uh coach Ty and I have talked about all the things we've had to deal with that we never have before but that's the world we live in and uh we're grateful to be playing and uh, we hope hope to continue to be able to play and the fans that are able to come yeah. out uh we we really appreciate them and uh everyone just has to be a little extra loud to, to make up for for uh the the people that that couldn't make it yeah obviously uh and and probably the game will be a little bit more subdued after that first quarter last night anyway you got that big lead but uh although that you know not about third full last night it's not going to be the same out here in uh how loud when jim can be this this uh this season it's not and, and 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 i've told our guys our guys have asked if if we'll be able to have a full game all year you never know you never know mm-hmm. what might happen in 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 february or early march mm-hmm. and, and and where things might go so uh, while things aren't the same, we're making the best of it, and uh, we, we we did appreciate the fans that were there last night. And, of course, we'll have the vast majority of those games available. If you can't be there on the TV.com, of course, with the radio and the audio stream as well. I looked at our numbers. Uh, it was definitely a higher uh, number than we would normally have for a home basketball game, so apparently a lot of people checked out at home, so that's good. Yeah, and, Mike, I've scouted some jamborees and some early games and, and watched some live streams. There's not a better high school live stream product than Thanks. what you guys produce. So we're, we're really, really grateful for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I, a couple of uh, final things, and we'll let you go. Uh, as we look ahead in the season, let's first of all talk about the Big 8 West Division. Uh, East Newton, uh, the defending champions. I know that game's still probably in your crawl <laughs> a little bit from last year. Uh, I'm sure you probably felt like you gave that division title away a little bit, but uh, they bring everybody back. Are they the team to keep an eye on this year? They are. They're tough. Um uh, that's a game that got away from us, but that's a game against a, a really good team as well. And uh, they've they've played already this year and just really whipped up on some people, and, the, and, and they're going to be a handful. So we'll have to keep getting better between now and then and uh, be ready to put our best foot forward uh, when, when we see them in, uh, in, I think, January. Normally at this time, we'd already have the class and district assignments as well. That's going to come out late, just like it did for football. Uh, will be released on December the 11th, uh, next a week from Friday. Uh, and we've already seen from the fall sports, uh, you expect anything in the district assignments. And I think we're in the same boat. We're, we're on that line between we could stay class four and be a big class four basketball school. Um, but and they, they added a class this year too, didn't they? They did. So the fact that they added a class, there's a chance we would be a very small class five school in basketball. So uh, I think, we, you know, we saw our football team who fluctuates between mm-hmm. three and four before this year. I think now that there are six classes in basketball, I think we could possibly be a fluctuator between four and five. And then you just, we're kind of in no man's land as it is, as, as far as <laughs> class four and five schools going north and south. Um, this adds a whole other dimension. So there's, it's anybody's guess <laughs> what class will be and what district will be and who else will be in it with us. What are the odds we get Grandview again? You know, knowing our luck, Mike, I'd say pretty high. Or Ruskin. <laughs> We're just going to plan on it. Exactly, exactly. Well, it's going to be a great season. We look forward to it. Congratulations on the great start last night. And uh, see you down there at Mount Vernon on Friday. See you back here next week. All right, sounds good, Mike. Thank you. Tiger head coach Sean Gray will come back to talk girls basketball with head coach Blake Howarth after this timeout on Tiger Talk.